Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. After the public scrutiny regarding the you know, disparities between the men's and women's NCAA uh, weight rooms, they finally upgraded the women's weight rooms with the proper equipment that they should have gotten in the first place. So we are happy to see that. You know, last week we talked about this, not just the weight room, but the men were receiving better food. They got better equipment. They got better uh, goodie bags. And it was just a mess. And it's sad that it took an outcry from the girls, not even just them, but like fans, other professional athletes, coaches, and anyone else who just cares about equality of the sexes. Like, it's sad that it took us telling them. It took like a whole a whole social media movement to, <laughs> right. like literally like it legit took a whole entire social media movement um for anything to even happen and also like companies like dick sporting goods uh orange theory and a few other like sports equipment companies sent like sent equipment down for the women's teams um but yeah it's crazy i mean if like that uh tiktok was never posted if it didn't blow up like it did like this would just be happening and like we wouldn't even know right and then the women would just be expected to endure it just because you know and just to be grateful that you're there and that's not right I don't see why we actually just talked about this before we hit record like you were saying it's so much easier to just make everything equal it makes things harder when you treat them differently like why go out of your way to give them separate treatment when you can make your job easier by just giving everyone the same thing yeah because um chrissy and i were talking about the COVID testing so apparently i didn't even know this was possible the woman received like obviously they all get COVID tested but the COVID tests that were being given to like the men's teams are like more accurate and more reliable and i was telling her i was like how does this even make sense like shouldn't the ncaa just distribute all the same COVID tests, like it makes it harder for them to even separate that. Like, no, this box of COVID tests goes here. This one goes here, like different companies, like different COVID tests. Like it's just easier. Just give them all the same damn COVID tests. Like to even go that far as to like COVID testing, like that is like, like what is like the mindset? Like it's harder to do that. Like it's easier just to give everyone the same exact thing. Like especially COVID testing like really we're literally in the middle yeah, of a pandemic that crazy Everyone that's like safety to be a priority that was insane so the like, guys were getting the daily PCR coronavirus test while the women were just getting the the less accurate antigen test like and that's their safety during a pandemic it's just like who once again I said this last week who's sitting at the table at the NCAA headquarters and saying oh yeah well the woman they don't need it as accurate COVID testing like what like that truly like makes no sense it's it's very backwards it's unnecessary it's not even explainable you know what I mean like it's just like especially when it's like COVID testing that's unexplainable because like we're literally in the middle of a pandemic and then they try to make excuse for like the equipment like no room but there was room um budget but it just doesn't make sense. So then it's like, oh, the COVID testing, like, there's no excuse for that. Because, I mean, that's, like, serious. I mean, it's all serious, but, like, COVID testing in the middle of a pandemic, like, you're literally giving the woman's less reliable COVID testing. Like, that's horrendous. It is. It's very horrendous. And, you know, all of this, 
obviously got a lot of attention. So much so that yesterday, March 25th, U.S. Congress got involved. And they actually reached out to the NCAA president, Mark Emmer, about the incident, looking for an explanation, just like the rest of us. It was 36 members of Congress led by U.S. Representative Mike Sherrill. And um, they wrote to Emmer telling them to basically honor Title IX. Now, we've talked about Title IX before, uh, maybe like once or twice. We never gave like a clear definition. So just in case mm-hmm. like there are listeners who aren't heavy into sports and don't know what Title IX <laughs> is, it's a federal civil rights law in the United States of America that was passed as part of the Education Amendments of 1972. And it prohibits sex-based discrimination in any school or other education program that receives federal money. Basically, treat the male and female parties equal equality of the sexes mm-hmm. i was just i just laughed for because last week we were talking about it but i read it i said title ix <laughs> that's how it's like written out like roman numerals and then you were like title nine <laughs> and i that's why i was laughing um but yeah like if you ever see something that says title ix that's title nine yeah but it's yeah roman con- numerals. yeah it's just roman numerals <laughs> um i'm not good at roman numerals clearly uh but <laughs> When she said Title IX, I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, but if you read, like, what Congress wrote, like, they literally specified, like, like every section that they, like, didn't follow. So they were, like, the food, the equipment, the COVID test, like, they went on and on. Which, honestly, I love that Congress was stepping in as they should. Right. And it was a very, like, it wasn't, like, um, it was, like, a thorough letter, you know? It wasn't just, like, a run-in-the-mill, like, let's just get this, like... Like, they actually put effort into it. Oh, yeah. They they broke it down. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to yeah. read some parts of the letter. Um, one section of it in particular, I'll, I'll start reading from now. Reports of stark differences in treatment include conditioning facilities. Players at the men's tournament received a huge, fully stocked workout complex housed in a hotel ballroom, while the women received a small space with only one rack of hand weights. Despite each tournament having at least 64 teams, the men were given workout equipment, including dumbbells, barbells, stationary bikes, treadmills, and squat machines. In contrast, the women were given just a single rack of dumbbells, none heavier than 30 pounds. Super insulting. Let's let's break this down for a second before we go into the other ones, because I was talking to a friend about this the other day, because like I just I still can't wrap my head around it. It's like do you think that these women don't lift as much as the men? Like, they're still athletes. They still need to condition their bodies. They still need to train. Like, some of them are just as strong, if not stronger, than their male counterparts. And you gave them one rack of dumbbells, none heavier than 30 pounds. It's like, if you took every single gender stereotype and gender bias and put it in a room... It would literally be the NCAA tournament this year. Mm-hmm. Like, the weight thing. Like, what? Like, I can guarantee you there's a strong... There's sh- more... There's stronger women that play for a women's team than there are men. You know? Like, obviously, that's just... Like, what? Like, who are you to assume? Like, that just makes no sense. Like, obviously, there's going to be a stronger woman than a guy on a team. Like, I don't... Like, one... It's just crazy. Like, they're literally giving into all these, like, gender stereotypes and biases. Like, it's 
it's so like publicly it's, at that it's 2021 i know that's not even an excuse i don't even like saying it's 2021 because like this should just never like you know what i mean like it should have been a thing but like truly like that's just insane to me like no offense go through the rosters on the men's basketball team they're not all strong like like give it a break like please like that's just really frustrating yeah the 30 pounds i remember i saw a tweet about that like yeah it's ridiculous and then they also gave a bullet also, point about sorry i oh sorry i'm about to say something because i just started personal training like i'm so out of shape i haven't worked out in like <laughs> no like genuinely like months like i'm so out of shape i couldn't walk for a week after my first session and i didn't even, i didn't even do much but I was doing 25 pounds and if I could do 25 pounds like you know what I'm trying to say like yeah they could do way more than me like I've literally don't work out like I haven't worked out since literally high school since I stopped playing sports like that's why when I saw that I was like wait but I just did 25 pounds 30 like they're strong as hell these girls you know like that's just embarrassing I think people and also the people involved like on the board who even like implemented this like they should get in trouble it's definitely um it looks bad on their part like you're not doing your job properly but that's what this letter is for to basically tell them like yeah you're like, not get your, doing get your job <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but yeah along with um the conditioning facilities they also pointed out the food they said players at the men's tournament were provided an expansive buffet of food options including but not limited to chopped salad grilled asparagus Potatoes, uh, gre- gre- I don't even know how to pronounce that. I know what <laughs> some it is. fancy like, stuff, some- right? Like I've seen it before, but I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like potatoes all gratine or something. Lots oh, are they like sliced? Yeah, I think so. Like they baked had- potatoes, like sliced with cheese. Something like yeah, something some fancy like stuff. Yeah. They also got lobster mac and cheese. Um fillets they got lobster mac and cheese yes lobster mac and cheese. i associate that with like you know like like nice food like you know what i mean like when you're getting a lobster mac and cheese you're eating a nice meal yeah wow they got bread pudding cheesecake carrot cake in comparison to the women's the players at the women's tournament were handed plastic containers filled with mashed potatoes a small mix of vegetables and what players described as some kind of meat I saw those vegetables and it looks like, you know, the bird's eye frozen veggies that you throw in the microwave for five minutes. Yes, but they didn't even have seasoning because some bird's eye ones have seasoning now. Like they were just literally like, it looked like, no, you know what it looked like? More like school lunch in elementary school. Yeah. Like, because those vegetables, like the meat, that's what it looked like. Like I I saw pictures, like, I'm sorry, I wouldn't, I probably would have eaten it because I would have been hungry, but like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was say I wouldn't have eaten it. Like, who are we? Come on, don't lie, Cass. But um, it looked like like school lunch, but not the good school lunch. Like my high school school lunch was pretty good, but like in elementary and middle school, it was like the school lunch just wasn't good. Like it was horrible. Like who's gonna eat that? Like right. It's like a punishment love- to eat that. Honestly, like mm-hmm. like like if they're eating that, they should be eating that because they're being punished, not because they're about to play in uh, the NCAA tournament. March Madness. And the fact that they couldn't even identify what the meat was is pretty gross. And I saw the did you, the photos were horrifying. Oh. And then the amount of options that the men had compared like the women didn't even like they were like, here, just take this. You know what I mean? And yeah. then the men have it like buffet style. Oh my like 
<laughs> Once again, I wish I was at this meeting when they sat down at this conference table and made these decisions. Like, yeah, and agree that this was okay. Yeah, and this had a pa- this is just not like one decision. Like this had to go through a few channels before going through. Like if this landed on my desk, I'd be like, "Are are you guys insane?" Like like that's why I'm just like I think there should be like an internal investigation or like they're probably going to be like, "Oh, we're taking gender bias training and all that." But like you guys need to you know what i mean like they're gonna issue a statement saying all our employees and executives are going through like a training like no like there needs to be like an investigation and like sit down and i want to be like what what was going through your mind that made you think like this was okay and i'm pretty sure these workers have daughters too that's just what's crazy to me like i don't know this is just horrible like i know if i was an athlete my, my parents would be so mad if i was playing in this tournament and i was getting treated like this yeah, and it's like, I wonder if the girls um, maybe left the facility and got their own food or ordered out or something like that. Because, like, if I was there, I really don't know what I would do because I don't eat meat. Like, I eat fish occasionally. But, like, I don't eat red meat, let alone a meat that I can't identify. Like, what? Mm-hmm. And then, like, those clearly frozen vegetables that they probably just threw in, like, a toaster oven or... it's like. No, that's exactly what they did. It's like, um, what was I going to say? The Postmate thing. I don't even know because all the COVID protocols too. Oh, like, yeah. are they even allowed to like, I would have been Uber eating and Postmate. But then again, like, that's expensive. Exactly. And um, like they're paying their athletes. Exactly. Like, they're not getting paid. But yeah, those vegetables, they looked like the ones like you would get like a 10 pound bag of them and just throw them in a huge pot. <laughs> you know, like. And then like, the guys are literally my own meal. Yeah, the guys are eating fillets, lobster mac and cheese, potato lettuce, something I can't even pronounce. Like that is just who made the menus? <laughs> I that I really want to know. I'm so intrigued. I literally want to put a face to these people. I want to know who made the weight rooms, like you know, the plan the weight rooms, who planned the food, who planned the COVID testing. Oh, I and just want the next. That was the next bullet point. I'll I'll read that one. Mm-hmm. So COVID test. Players at the men's tournament received um, polymerous. I think I'm wait polymerous chain reaction, which is a PCR test, mm-hmm. um, which are considered the gold standard of COVID nineteen testing. PCR tests are highly sensitive and have high rates of accuracy for detecting the virus. Alternatively, players at the women's tournament receive a rapid antigen test. These tests are cheaper and less sensitive meaning they're more likely to yield false negatives. <laughs> like, like, I just want to sit down with these people and have a talk. Like, like you couldn't even give everyone the same COVID testing? That should have been standard protocol for everyone that, to have the most accurate COVID test. In the middle of a deadly pandemic, yes. It should have, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they literally don't care. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't. Like, to even go as far as not giving the same COVID test and giving the women a cheaper one, like, you literally just don't care. Like, at all. Like, literally. Uh-huh. Like, I don't even know what to say. That's that's horrible. Like, there's literally nothing even to say. I feel like, like, before this happened, if we knew this was going to happen and we told people this, they would literally laugh at our faces and be like, haha, No. Like, yeah. Right, because it's not something that you think would be going on unless 
someone who's actually present at the tournament comes out yep. and says something about it. It's literally unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it's insane. That's <clears throat> crazy. That COVID testing, that's really crazy. Mm-hmm. They wow. also um, pointed out, so the last bullet point was um, they had a concern about the publicity. So it reads, the men's tournament uses the trademark March Madness phrase, a powerful brand that's ubiquitous among courts, arenas, and broadcasts. The branding has helped the NCAA turn the men's tournament into a billion-dollar empire. Let me say that again. Billion, with a B, dollar empire. At the same time, they've refused to use it for the women's tournament, even though its trademark registration for the phrase allows its use for both tournaments. Instead, the women's courts either have no tournament logo or simply say, NCAA women's basketball refusing to use the branding for the women's tournament is intentionally withholding a valuable asset we saw this in their goodie bags do you remember when you saw um the men's t-shirts and like their towels and stuff like that and it had more branding and it was more specific to what to the tournament this year as opposed to the women it was so generic like use these resources to help your counterparts why don't you want you can bring in more money if you just helped the like it doesn't make any sense to me like what why can't before? yeah like why can't you use march madness for the women's that's literally what it is like there's just like a disconnect here i, I don't know i just i don't even like I'm trying to wrap my head around it and find, like, a reasoning for it, but there's none, you know? There's none at all. Like, March Madness, like, why can't they, like, that's what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, not even putting on the courts. Like, I don't even have, like, there's, like, no even, like, explanation that I can even see into the distance. There's just no, there's no excuse at all. And I think that this particular letter written to the NCAA president is so important and it was so nicely worded. Um, There was a little passage after those bullet points that reads, such actions are deeply concerning and reflect NCAA's lack of commitment to the spirit of Title IX to ensure a level playing field for women in athletics that are subsidized um, with federal financial assistance. Despite having corrected at least some of these infractions, the NCAA's clear disregard for women cannot be tolerated. Because we, Good. we did, well, not we, they did fix some of the issues, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we did it, Chrissy. <laughs> I mean, we, we did like, you know, contribute to the outcry. No, I know. Things, Listen, if I had the resources, I would have helped, but. Right. You know, donate some <laughs> equipment like dicks or. Yeah. Or but it still shows like there's a bigger problem here. This is a temporary fix. Like this is something that's super internal that we need to address because. If, yeah. You, if you, you hit the nail on the head. Saying, like this makes mm-hmm. no sense. Mm-hmm. And this organization is in charge of so many yeah. athletes and we can't allow these kind of disparities to go on any longer this this isn't just happening in march madness this is happening all across the board yeah i was just gonna say i was gonna say you hit the nail on the head when you said like this is just like kind of like the start because if you think about it this is like like this happens with like every movement honestly like there's one thing that sparks it and this is it because like 
once you look into i'm guaranteeing you like once they look into like ncaa men and women they're gonna see so many mm-hmm. acts of unfairness um probably like just the way they split everything up like this is only march madness this is one sport basketball right there's so many different sports so many different teams so much more money and the fact that this is only happening with one march madness like just a march madness tournament like i'm sure now everything's gonna start to be looked at and investigated and you're gonna find out about so much more which is the craziest thing because there's a lot more happening this is just the march madness tournament like that's insane and what's going on is intentional because i see often that people like to use the excuse of well women's sports don't generate the same amount of uh, money as the men's but that shouldn't be an excuse because they're not bringing in enough money because money isn't being put into their programs like you have to put out money to make money and they're not even allowed to use march madness like like you know what i mean like they're like oh money they can't even use march madness like what are you what are you talking about you're not trying to help the problem right but like a prime example of like funding not shouldn't be an issue is like think about um programs like alabama or um clemson where their football teams are the bulk of the income in the athletic programs and they make so much money with that, that can fund the entire, like, athletic program of the school. So it's the same thing with men's and women's. It's like, if you are making a solid amount of money, which most of these programs are, you can allocate those funds to the women as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all, like you're, it's intentional to not want to help these programs. The money yeah. is there. Like, if men's basketball at NCAA, men's basketball alone is a billion dollar like program there's so much more money in all the Mm -hmm. other sports it's just a matter of where is the money going you're not paying the athletes so there's more money around to to invest in women why not college sports billions 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 of dollars and exactly they they keep trying to say like oh they don't bring the same money but it's because how do you expect a woman to start bringing in a bigger revenue if you're not contributing? Obviously, it's not going to happen like with a snap of the fingers. Like you have to contribute, you have to kickstart it more, put more effort into it. And they're literally just not like, here's some effort. Put a dang March Madness sticker on the court. Like that's really that hard. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, not even like- trying to help the issue. Like they're just complacent because up until honestly, they're complacent. But I think now it'll start to change because of this whole march madness issue but yeah like they're complaining they don't bring up enough revenue but at the same time like they're literally not trying to change it at all at all it's it's ridiculous i mean if you just like how they said with publicity like you know put their games on tv put it on networks that people can find like give them proper coverage proper media put up coverage. an advertisement a commercial like Something. i'm like don't get me wrong there are but the number of advertisement commercials compared to the men's you can't even compare you know because yeah. honestly like when you think of march madness unfortunately like you do correlate it to the men's tournament 
Um, and it just shouldn't be like that. It should be the men and women. Like, just you can brand it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really proper branding, proper marketing. <sighs> Hire us. Honestly, that's we'll why, like, um, like media, like together that I brought up last week is so important because we need to start pushing women to the forefront. Like, mm-hmm. we're we're doing it, but we need more. Like, out they'll never be enough. We need more. If you increase yeah. our engagement, you can increase the money. Exactly. Because it's the interest just... is there. It's just uh, people, if they don't the... see it, if it's out of sight, uh-huh. it's out of mind. Uh-huh. The interest is there. And it is there. And exactly like you said, like, you barely see anything about the women's sports, you know? And if you do see it, it's because you're <laughs> part of, like, let's say sports Twitter or, like, like us, for example, like, we're literally in sports media. So, like, we see it, but that's just because, like, that's literally, like, what we do. That's you how know? Our, our timelines have been curated based off of, like, what we follow and stuff like that. But and that's what we do. Who... We literally went to school. We studied, like, sports journalism. Like, that's what we do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But how do you expect regular people to see it? Like, we're, we're only aware of this because this is the world we're in, like, the sports world. But, like, regular people who would be interested in it, like, when they turn on the TV, they're going to see the men's. Men's, 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 you know? So... And like, if if people who aren't interested in sports know names in sports, can name like can tell you what team a certain player is on, what sport a particular athlete plays, for men, it should be the same for women. I know plenty of people who know nothing about sports but can name at least 10 athletes and typically they're all men. Like, yeah. And if it's a woman, it's probably a woman that's retired or like isn't um hasn't been they they usually like can't name someone who's like fresh in the league like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll use WNBA as an example they can't name someone that's been in the league for less than five years you know what or I'm they can they can name people who are like broadcasters now right like a Candace Parker yeah I was when I said that I was literally thinking of Candace Parker because I saw a tweet on my timeline yesterday like this kid he tweeted about Candace Parker I mean, I love Candace Parker, but right. a lot of people know about her because of her role when she, you know, her broadcasting. Right, but it's like, if only y'all knew, because she's such mm-hmm. a good broadcaster because she's an incredible basketball player. Like, her basketball yeah. IQ is top notch. So mm-hmm. it's like, if y'all like what she's saying on TV, watch her play. <laughs> like, Yeah. And then also, I was going to say, like, the NCAA, like, they just, like, want to look good. Because they've definitely talked about, like, equality amongst, um, like, women and men's sports continuously. Because it's, like, um, the word I'm looking for. Oh, my God. What is it? You know, performative. Oh, um, yeah. Activism. Yeah, performative. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. it is. They, that's what then see, like, performative activism. When it comes to, like, they'll tweet and be, like, women's equality. But then behind the scenes, look at what they're doing. Like, they just want to look good. But then behind the scenes, you're literally contributing to the issue even more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, it's tiring. <laughs> it's very, very tiring. Um, They did also, in the letter from the people in Congress, they listed a number of questions that they had for NCAA, and they requested a response no later than April 2nd. So we will see. <gasps> wow. Yeah, they gave a date. They said, yeah, we want to hear what you have to say by April seconds wait I, i'm really curious because i would literally would sit down with them and i'd literally just be like why like can you walk me through your thought process that's like, essentially what they're asking for and it's how many questions it's six questions i'll read 
maybe like the first three. Um, they said, according, accordingly, we ask that you fully address the disparities outlined above and provide responses to the following. Seek to review all other championship competitions to ensure that they adhere to the gender equity principles of Title IX and affording women athletes fair and equal treatment. Number two says, provide a detailed timeline of the unequal treatment of the women's and men's basketball teams during the championship tournament, including when it began, its discovery, any investigation of its scope, and notification to the NCAA senior executives. Um, there's two bullet points with that question. Please describe the NCAA's efforts to identify the scope of the disparities. The second bullet point says, are there other instances of unequal treatment that have not been stated above? Number three, the third question is, what steps has the NCAA taken to identify and limit unequal treatment in the current tournament? Those are just three of six questions. Um, this letter is online. You can find it if you just Google it. So if you want to read more details about it, it's it's public knowledge. It's up there. And like I said before, they want a response from the NCAA by April 2nd, which is fair. So if you've been keeping up with March Madness, you'll know that we've finally made it to Sweet 16. Games will begin tomorrow. So I'll give you a rundown of who's left both for men and women. On the men's side, there's Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Alabama, Loyola, Chicago, Villanova, Florida State, Syracuse, which I don't know. I didn't, um, not that I wasn't expecting Syracuse, but like I'm thoroughly surprised with Syracuse. There's a, there's a team I was not expecting in there. Is it Syracuse? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Um, You'll get to it. University of Houston, Arkansas, Oral Roberts, USC, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, and Creighton. Creighton. I wasn't that surprised. Okay. For, I guess because, like, being from Big East with us, like, going to St. John's, Creighton has always been generally pretty good. Well, yeah, no, the thing is, I mean, I'm rooting for Creighton because, um, you know, like, I have, like, two really good friends who played for them, who played for Creighton. He graduated last year, and he plays for, like, with an NBA team now, so, like, I'm rooting for them, but, like, oh, this is gonna sound so bad, like, I would always go to the games when they would be in New York or St. John's or whatever, I'd always get, like, tickets, um, just to watch my friend play, and, like, they would always, like, fall short, mm-hmm. which I do think they're the dominant team in the, um, Big East, but you also have Villanova as well, and with Creighton, they're, they're always a good team, but, I don't know, like they like I said, they always fall short, which They're I don't even good like for saying. A, for a big East. And then when they yes. get Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, they just fall short a few times. So to make the sweet sixteen, like I really hope they make it. I'm rooting for them. And I'm also rooting for UCLA. I'm I'm obviously rooting for Villanova since they're oh, a PA really? school. Oh duh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see, I'm rooting for UCLA and Korean because I have friends there, but if it wasn't for that, I really want Oral Roberts because they're like, there's always that one team. They're definitely a Cinderella team because I didn't know yes. who there's they always, were. There's always that one team every year, and they're this year. And then Loyola and Maryland, too, but, like, they, this has been happening. Like, they're always good in the tournament, so I really want them to, like, make it far, too. Okay, that would be amazing if, like, they could make it far, too. But I don't know. I think, like, the guys' um, Sweet 16 was mm, unexpected for me, mm-hmm. which is good. Right, it makes it interesting, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, on the women's side, it's Stanford, 
UConn, South Carolina, Baylor, Maryland, NC State, Louisville, Texas A&M, Arizona, Indiana, Iowa, Missouri State, Michigan, Texas, Oregon, and Georgia Tech. Hmm. I'm rooting for UConn. Same. But I also like Texas, of course, and Missouri State. Those are just I like, teams. I like Iowa. I like UConn. I like South Carolina. Um, and I like Oregon. These are all really good teams. I feel like they the, are. The That's team. <laughs> the women's team is definitely more, uh, like makes more sense. Yes, way more sense. Like not more predictable. Like more consistent. The women's bracket is more consistent with like how like the regular season plays out. Yeah, and then the men's is a bit like, like all what? Like yeah, like the women's bracket is literally like the top schools in the nation. Exactly. So it's like it's not really much of a. Surprise, I do think UConn's going to take it, but we'll get to yeah. that. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of UConn, Paige Beckers. Let's get into Paige. She, in the midst of all the madness, she has been the one constant that has stayed like in the headlines. So Paige is a 19-year-old guard for the UConn Huskies. She was a consensus five-star recruit, and she was the number one player in the 2020 class. She's led UConn to the 26-1 record. She averages 19.9 points, 6 assists, 4.7 rebounds, and 2.4 steals. She has a, a very lengthy list of accolades. Let me just start there. Um, she was the first player in UConn history to have three consecutive 30-point games. She has the most assists of any UConn freshman with 156. She's the biggest player of the year. And, like, that doesn't even scratch the surface of Paige like I I could go on and on like great passer efficient makes 53.9% of her shots 46.7% from behind the arc um Diana Teresi who's a fellow UConn alum actually made a comment on Paige she said she's the best player in basketball already that's a heavy statement no she's literally so she's not even good she's great and she's i excellent she's yes. so freaking good and um i can't wait to see her play in the WNBA. exactly that's really what it comes down to mm-hmm. like we're excited to see her play in the WNBA. she's it's like you know there's players that are good and there's players that are good and also really fun to watch yeah like she's exciting to watch no and she's she has so good She's definitely um, going to be in one of the most anticipated games of the Women's Sweet 16, which is going to be UConn versus Iowa. And Iowa has Caitlin Clark now. UConn is the number one seed. Iowa is number five. And Paige and Caitlin, who are actually friends in real life, were also teammates at one point for USA Basketball's U19 team two years ago. Now, Caitlin wow. Clark. Right. So it's just so cool. I like seeing. I love that know each other in real life actually compete and just like respect each other's game and stuff which they do um caitlin clark is another guard she's the leading scorer in um, ncaa division one she's a great passer leads her team in assists similar to Paige. and kevin durant actually made some comments on caitlin he said she belongs in the league right now wow like these are some big names speaking on these college players and 
I love it. I love when big names talk about it. Um, especially the women's. Um, because honestly, every time they tweet about it, it does bring more attention to the women's team, and like more people are gonna want to watch it. Right. And they're they're and they're so good. Like they deserve it. They deserve it. Like I... that's gonna be a good game. Like I want to watch it. Oh yeah. Like it's... if you like sports for sports, then you're gonna want to watch it. Yeah, because it's not even about like even though yes, support. Support women, support women's sports, mm-hmm. but also just support great athletes. Like like exactly. you said, if you like basketball, you will enjoy this tournament and you'll definitely enjoy this matchup. It comes on tomorrow, March 27th at 1 p.m. on ABC and the ESPN app. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, if you literally, if you like sports, you're going to want to watch this game. I and... think it's going to be a close one. It's just going to be f- – I'm just – I want to see, like, the interaction. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, like, they've played on the same team and stuff. And I always am so intrigued when um, friends play each other. Yeah. I'm just so curious to see how they are. Like, obviously, like, off the court, they're friends. Like, I always – I'm curious to see, like, on the court. Like, knowing me, if I was playing against my friend, like, I would joke around. I'd probably – my my coach would bench me, okay? Like, <laughs> I would just, like, laugh around and try to, like, play with them. And, like, this is why I'm not an athlete, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, imagine me and you playing against each other. Right. Oh, my God. I would just be, like, kiki in the whole time, which is not good. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, my God, did you hear that? Like, <laughs> I'd be like, wait, wait, Chrissy, this is a perfect time for a picture. <laughs> oh, my. No, that's really us. That's so us. <laughs> I'd be like, wait, you look so good. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's why I'm so curious to see how they interact. Because they're both competitors, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. They made some comments on each other. Caitlin Clark said, I think people think we hate each other for some reason, which is literally the total opposite. I love her. She's a good friend of mine, and she was a great teammate. I want nothing but the best for her. And then Paige said, in regards to Caitlin... We talk quite a bit. She's doing really great things, but I've known her for a very long time, and that's what she does. She's a playmaker. She's a scorer. This is wow. going to be a good game. It is. It's going to be so good. A really, really good game. I think UConn's going to win, though. Yeah, you know, I I am rooting for UConn for, like, all the way. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. I like UConn. But I don't want to see and Iowa go. Oh, that's I know, but I like UConn. And also, whenever I hear, like, the UConn women's basketball, do you know who I think of? Diana? Oh, no, I'm not. Sue, Sue Bird. Gigi Bryant. Oh, yeah. Sue Bird, too, but I always think of her because, like, those pictures of her, you know, at the game. Yeah, and they made her, they gave her, like, an honorary jersey and stuff. Yeah, because that was her dream too. school. Yeah. She so would have done wonders at UConn. Oh, yeah. So I just really want to see them win, too. That would be really nice. So it's the last Friday of March, which is Women's History Month. So we're going to wrap up this episode with our final picks for women we want to honor um, in the celebration of Women's History Month. And I decided to pick someone who has been a huge inspiration to me for years now. She is a host and journalist currently with Bleacher Report. I picked Taylor Rooks. Now, before joining Bleacher Report, she was a journalist with uh, Sportsnet New York, And then prior to that, she was with Big Ten Network in Chicago, and she was with CBS Sports New York. Like, she's another one whose accolades I could go on for days. And I look up to her a lot now, but even more so during my 
college career because I was always trying to find something to do to better myself and perfect my craft as a journalist, not even just a sports journalist, but just as a journalist in general. And I got that inspiration from for her from her. Um, she has an incredible work ethic. I love her grind. And not only is she one of the best in the industry right now, but like you see the work that she put in, like the proof is in the pudding, especially as a black woman. Like it's just so, so inspiring. And I actually met her. I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before, but I met her in 2018. It was the summer of 2018, right before she left Sportsnet New York or SNY to join Bleacher Report. I was in that building interviewing for an internship. And as I was walking like back to the room to do my interview, I saw her and I was trying to pretend like I didn't <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't want to get distracted. Like I was already nervous. So I really wanted that internship. I ended up getting it. <laughs> Just got to throw that out there. But <laughs> I had to pick between them and NBC Sports Group. I couldn't do both. So I had to, you know, I picked NBC Sports. But I was really nervous and I didn't want to like forget all of my practice being distracted by Taylor. So I just pretended like I didn't see her and I was just like, oh, that's really sad. But, you know, I got to focus on this grind. I got to focus on this money. So after my interview, we actually ended up talking about Taylor and the guy who interviewed me, he's like, oh, do you want to meet her? And I tried to like play it off and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. But in my head, I'm like, yes, I want to meet her. <laughs> I remember this story. I Yo, I was so pumped. I called everybody. I was texting people. I had to be quiet though. Cause like they were, you know, like recording and stuff and I didn't want to like make a scene. So I was calling people quietly. I was texting people and I went to her dressing room. The sweetest person, like so, so nice. She was giving me like advice and just asking me about uh, my college career, what I wanted to do post-grad. And then she asked me to stay for the filming of her show later that evening. And I was supposed to go home um, back to Felix, obviously. The interview was in New York. I was supposed to leave within like the next hour, but the show was coming on at five. And I think, I forgot what time it was, but the timing was just off. And I called my mom and I was like, we have to catch a later train. Cause my mom works in New York, obviously not now cause COVID, she works from home, but her office is based in New York. So I was like, we have to catch a later train. Like I have to stay for this show. And she was like, no problem. So I stayed for the show. We took pictures after, and it was such a cool experience. I always say like, there's nothing like meeting your idol and they exceed your expectations. Cause you never really know how someone is in person as opposed to the image you see in the media. Yeah. She, what you see is what you get. She is the nicest person. And it was just such a good day. She's such a nice Yeah, person. I love her. Yeah, they say, like, you shouldn't meet your idols because a lot of times you get disappointed. Yeah. But she's just, she's like, like, well, no one's perfect. But, like, if someone was perfect, it would be her. She's just, she's got she's it all. She's so nice. She's so good at her job. So well-spoken. She's, she's beautiful, brilliant. Like, right. Yeah. Like, uh, full package. Love Taylor. Yeah. Love her too. Okay, so my pick, I picked Misty Copeland. I love that pick. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think growing, like, I just, like, I knew, like, I feel like she's a household name. Like, everyone knows who Misty Copeland is. And then, um, a few months ago, hold on, let me make sure my dog's finished barking. <laughs> like, what the hell? Literally, my finishing statement. Um, 
Okay. Oh my god. That is really? so funny. They want to give their pick too. They they agree with me. Oh my god, this is a joke, right? <laughs> okay. Um, should I just start all over? Um, yeah, you can. Okay. No problem. So, my pick for the week is Misty Copeland. I love and that pick. Thank you, thank you. I picked her because um I don't know, I feel like she is a household name, 1,000%. And I've, like, always heard her name. And then not too long ago, I, like, just, like, Googled her. And I saw, like, her all her, like, accolades. And I was like, wow. So I'm just going to read, like, her bio. Uh-huh. So she was the first African-American female principal dancer at American Ballet Theater. So, like, she she was, like, a pioneer um, for in the world of professional dance, at least. And then she's an author a Broadway actor, a movie star, a brand ambassador, diversity advocate, um, Prince collaborator, um, and a real-life hero to young dancers. That's what her bio says, which is true. And this is the craziest thing. She didn't take a ballet until she was 13 years old. Now, I was a freshman in high school at 13. And she just, everything she does, she tries to help the next generation of dancers after her. So she serves on a bunch of committees, um, She's, like, a mentor. She wants to implement, like, racially diverse dance teachers. And really, all her work is towards diversifying, like, you know, the dance world and just making strides of progress in that. So, yeah, that's why I picked her because, I mean, I think ballet is just, like, a beautiful sport. Um, Mm -hmm. And everything she does, she just, like, everything she does has a purpose. And I think so many people look up to her. And especially in the sport she does. So that's why I chose her. I really, really like your pick because um, I actually did a speech on Misty Copeland. I think it was junior year of college for my speech class. I don't know what the topic was or like why I picked her, but I know I picked her. And you're right. Her work is super important. One, because ballet as a sport is typically predominantly white. Um. Also, the girls are very, very thin, and Misty is a woman of color, and she's thick. Like, she doesn't have the standard body type of a stereotypical ballerina, and she broke so many barriers for the ballerinas coming up after her. I don't know if you watch This Is Us, or if any of you listening watch This Is Us, but I there don't, was- I my sister does. Such a good show. There was an episode, um, one of the characters, Beth, She's a black woman and she was a ballerina when she was a teenager and she lost out on the lead in the Nutcracker because she gained weight and they didn't say it outright, but they showed her replacement and it was someone thinner and it was like some underlying tones in that episode of her feeling insecure about her body. And she was the most qualified for that role, but she didn't get it because her thighs were doing what they do when you hit puberty. You know what I mean? So... I, I really like Missy Copeland. I think that was a really good pick. She's definitely very important for the dance world to just diversify what it looks like to be a ballerina. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to season two, episode five of Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. Make sure that you're subscribed to us here on Spotify and that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at DYCT Podcast. Again, that's DYCT Podcast, and you will hear from us next week.